Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the True Achievements podcast. I'm joined this week by Jack. Hello. Hello. Hello again. <laughs> and Rich, he, he appeared for our Gamescom podcast, but he's off again today. So we have Ollie once again. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Sweet. So let's jump into what we've been playing. Let's start with you, Jack. You played something I've not even heard of. Yeah, so I started a game called The Video Kid, um, which is interesting. This is a bit of a reimagining of the old school game Paperboy. Really? Yeah. So, oh, I've got to play this. <laughs> so you're skateboarding down the street and you're delivering pirate videos. <laughs> and you just tap the A button and you can throw them either through windows into letterboxes. You've got three different um, lanes that you're traveling in and different obstacles appear in them. So either people on the pavement, cars on the road, and you have to jump over them or avoid them. You can drop down into sewers at some point. There are just loads of other pop culture references like the Ninja Turtles and chipmunks and jazz like that just scattered throughout. <laughs> it's quite interesting. And the entire game is just skateboarding down one street. If you hit anything, you lose your life and you start back at the beginning. And there's not really too much to do it. Uh, you do earn money and points as you're playing through and you can use those to buy additional tricks for your skateboard which allows you to get more score so you can earn more points. You can get different skins and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw Stallion streaming it just a couple of hours ago he was obviously going for the full thousand it looked just like you just spam the videos at everything that you possibly can there's no like gameplay really you're just spamming videos at everything yeah i to be fair i didn't grasp that initially i thought you had to try your videos in the red letter boxes but you yeah. seem to get points and money regardless of where the videos go so if they go through somebody's window yeah um, if you hit somebody, etc., but you get more money for getting them in the red letterboxes, 25 cents as opposed to two or three. Do you think it's going to be a, an easiest completion? I just looked and there's about a third of people or so. Yeah. Quite yeah, I think it's easy. I think you've just got to get a little bit lucky with what enemies you get. But one tip is to use the D-pad when you move in rather than the stick. It makes right. it a little bit easier. Ollie, anything you've played this week? Um, not on Xbox, I don't think. I've been playing Path of Exile on the PC, oh. um, which is an Xbox game as well. But um, it's the new league, so I've just been playing a lot of that. But when Red Dead comes out, I will be back on Xbox for a long time. Not long to wait for that one. Uh, I've done a few games this week, so I played for Honor. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've been playing it for a while. It came in uh, Games with Gold, mm-hmm. uh, was it last month? So uh, Will picked it up, so I just did some multiplayer one night with him. I've still got a little way to go. We're going to go do the campaign. That's probably all I've got left now, really, is just finishing the campaign on realistic difficulty. But there's supposed to be a glitch, and I saw somebody who posted in the solution that it worked for him like recently, so hopefully it's still ongoing these three different factions and then the story split into kind of three chapters around those factions. If you can finish one of them unrealistically for quite a few people, the achievement for playing the whole campaign unrealistically pops. If you just do a multiplayer match afterwards. Oh, okay. So I'm going to give that a go. Cause I mean, it, it's, it's quite tough on realistic. I don't think it's, it's obviously not impossible, but 
you go down instead of like having checkpoints and things like that. If you die, then that, you restart the level, kind of thing. Okay, so you got to be a bit careful. So it's durable, but just a bit time consuming and tedious. Yeah, and as well, one of the things in uh, For Honor is when you're fighting an enemy on the easier difficulties and online, it'll kind of give you a little symbol to show you which direction they're attacking from so you can kind of counter. Mm-hmm. On the realistic difficulty, that isn't there, so you've got to be constantly Have your wits looking about, at yeah. their pose and try and figure out what attack they're doing and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm hoping I can just play <laughs> play the first bit and pop it. So I'll try that. For some random reason, I went into Farza Motorsport 7. <laughs> okay. It's just, I mean, I've done the previous Farza Motorsports, but the, I, the campaign just seems really long-winded. Well, not the, like the, they do it in like season type things this time around and start off, you might, you might have to do five or six races in the first season or whatever it is and you and that pops in the team. But later on, it starts adding, you've got to do six races per event and then maybe do six of them. So you, you, do you know what I mean? You're doing a lot of or races, like 36 yeah, races yeah. just to do one thing. So it's, I'll slowly chip away at it. And the other game I played is one that Rich recommended because he completed it really quickly. Game called Full Blast. It's just a vertical scrolling shoot 'em up. Mm-hmm. Very, very simple. You can, there's an options menu. So I suggest you flick that down to it. Easy difficulty to make it even easier oh, for yourself. Okay, I didn't even realize there was options. I don't think Rich did either. Yeah, if I think if you play it on normal difficulty, I don't think it's especially tough still. But just make it even easier for yourself. It took me about ten minutes to complete these achievements just for shooting particular types of enemies, which you'll get by level three. And there's an achievement for finishing the third level and then that is all the achievements done so it's 13 achievements thousand games scoring about 15 minutes i okay. might have to take advantage of that mm-hmm. yeah some i'm going to uh, have a look into that as well i think pretty certain it's on sale i think it just came out this week and it's on set like a discount for the first week so i, th- I think it was about three pound or something like that it cost nice not so, bad yeah. get on that one for a quick score boost all right, let's move on to streams because we've had four this week. I think you were there for all the streams this week, weren't you, Jack? Yeah, yeah I was. Mm-hmm. Indeed. But the first two we did on Tuesday were Shikondo Soul Eater and PUBG, which was meant to be Daisy, but I'll come on to that in a sec. Uh, the first one was a bullet hell type game, like a shoot 'em up with some kind of traditional Asian oriental themes, I'd call them. Um, yeah, it's kind of Asian mythology. Yeah. Kind of demons and beasties and stuff. And lots of weird, like, half-woman, half-animal... Like, <laughs> contraptions. Just, yeah. Contraptions, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could call it contraptions. Um, we um, we had the stream on 18 Plus for that one. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. But, um, I would have never guessed that was like a bullet hell shooter looking at the game uh, for it. Yeah, it's quite a weird theme for a for a shoot 'em up, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't seen one in that style before. Um, <laughs> it, it played pretty much like any bullet hell game where you had a level with kind of minion enemies that took less damage to kill. Then each level culminated with a boss, and you had the boss had two distinct stages to try and defeat, and the bosses gradually got harder and harder. Um, so it's pretty pretty standard, apart from. The style, mm. I suppose. You had infinite lives as well. Like you couldn't 
exit the game by dying, if you get what I mean. Every time you died, you could continue, which was a bit strange. But there are achievements for completing the different difficulties without using any continues. I think those will be the ones that look well uh, trickier i suppose but those were only tied to the easy and normal difficulty so i don't think you had to play in hardcore mode oh, for that. okay didn't realize it did have a couple of different modes as well so we stayed on the arcade for most of it um but you also had a hardcore mode and local co-op and there was a boss rush mode where you just face each boss one after the other mm-hmm. in terms of content though we got through the entire game in maybe about 45 minutes yeah then that was we, the arcade mode. Yeah, the arcade mode. Then we jumped back into the arcade mode in co-op mode and got through about two or three levels. And the co-op mode introduced a different kind of character as well. Like you could, I don't know if you could change your weapon outside of that, but the, each, each character had a kind of static weapon which you couldn't change. The first one had like a huge bray of beams which you could focus. With the right trigger. Right trigger, yeah. And the other one had kind of heat-seeking missiles. So they had quite a different way of playing. Um, and both characters could like clear all the bullets on the screen. I must say, like, it's probably the, the most bullets I've seen on the screen at once uh, of any of that kind of game, which is fairly impressive. But yeah, it was um, more fun than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I'm, I've always looked at these games and thought, oh, I'm not skillful enough for that or... It just doesn't look like fun, but this, when you actually got into it, it was quite accessible, and it was a lot of fun. We managed ten achievements for two hundred gamer score in our hour, and then it was Daisy after that, which was meant to be Daisy, um, and we did get warned by someone on the stream, I think, that said there wouldn't be any servers, but we tried anyway, yeah. um, and lo and behold, there weren't any but, servers. Yeah, is that just because people aren't playing it, or is the servers think, quite janky? I think there was a patch that was put out, and they. There was a bug in it or something, and they took the servers down temporarily. Uh, right, Not okay. 100% sure on that, that's what I've heard on the, on the kind of grapevine through the stream chat. And, <laughs> but but um, we replaced it with PUBG, which is in some ways the spiritual successor of games like Daisy. Most people know what PUBG is. It's 5 out of 5 game. Yes, 5 out of 5 game. It's got game-breaking bugs. Um apparently but um yeah it's a classic battle royale game you you're in a plane that flies over a map with everyone else you drop down parachute in and it's everyone versus everyone um or you can play in teams as well so you can have kind of two two v two v two etc yeah um, or squads i think as well is squads four people uh, squads is four yeah i think yeah you can't have three uh not too sure you have three if one person in your squad's really bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's basically just a first-person shooter or third-person shooter if you're that way inclined. And it's uh, 100 people on the map and the zone gets smaller and smaller, which you can be in. If you're outside of the zone, then you take degenerating uh, HP and the game kind of pushes you into one spot where you've got to kill everyone until you're the last one alive, basically. Uh, everyone knows what battle royale games are by now. Yeah, but, um, you've been living under a rock if you don't yeah. know. It's really uh, good fun though. So we did two solo games. Ollie did a solo game, um, mm. which I think he got down to it was like top fifty, wasn't it? Um, don't know. I died very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Sixty. Yeah. And then we did a second solo game, 
And then after, uh, which went terribly wrong, I played for that one. And then <laughs> Ima, uh, one of the people watching in the chat, he asked if we wanted to play a duo game with him. So we hopped in and that went really well. So there's lots and lots of collecting at the start. We didn't really see many people in the first, like, say, three quarters of the game. Mm-hmm. And then as the map got smaller, it obviously pushes people together. So you're going to get into more conflicts and see more people. And we ended up as one of the last three teams on the map. I think yeah. we were the fourth, um, fourth last person to die. You did pretty well. Yeah, I think we lucked out really with um, how everybody <laughs> else did. <laughs> we came across some really good equipment early on as well. Mm-hmm. We had a was it six times scope on our machine gun, which we then swapped out for a two times scope because the six times was just ridiculous. Yeah, it's quite. I didn't expect there to be that many different attachments and stuff because I've never actually played PUBG properly. Um, but there's loads of different stuff you can put on your weapons, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. So you can customize quite a lot. And, I was um, amazed at how tense it got towards the end because you you feel in your head like you've spent all this time collecting all this good equipment and then there's the potential you might not even get to use it. If you're walking across an open area and somebody snipes you, for example, uh, or you fall off a ledge, it could all all that collecting could be for nothing. Yeah, I mean, that was my experience. I played for like 25 minutes collecting stuff and then just got shot in the back like i mean that is like kind of the downfall of the genre of, of battle royale games yeah but it's it's also the because nothing persists that's one of the pros as well because everybody starts level pegging in the match no one has an advantage yeah i guess it, it depends where you drop i think like you and i you picked a good place you were mm-hmm. in a bunch of buildings and you had loads of stuff to access and it and was there seems to be nobody else there as well yeah, which was... exactly yeah that's what you want but you got a kill towards the end, which was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, single kill. Um, got an achievement <laughs> for it as well. Uh, it was quite good, though. Enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I have played on PC before, and I think the changes they've made to the menu systems for console work quite well. Mm-hmm. Being able to use VRB or the shoulder buttons to flip between categories in the menu, then you can push A on attachments and that'll show you automatically what gun they're applicable for and hit A again to um, apply that attachment. Yeah, there is quite a lot of inventory management in uh, PUBG. Yeah. But it just comes with the territory, I guess. So Thursday, we played another two games. And first up was a title called 1979 Revolution Black Friday. And this is an interactive adventure game. It's similar in style and graphics to the Telltale point-and-click games. But this one, rather than being zombies, is based on true historical events and the 1979 Iran revolution. Um, In the game, you play a photojournalist who's pulled into the middle of the civil unrest. And you're, I suppose you're stepping through from the start of the unrest to... I don't know how far it goes. I don't know if it goes to the end of the revolution because we obviously didn't play all of the mm-hmm. all of the game. But you're kind of wandering around the environment and taking photos, and it's dispersing proper historical photos and facts as you're playing, which is quite interesting. Yeah, that so it's was almost good... like a learning tool. Yeah, there's a good aspect of it. I thought kind of brings it into context a bit. Whenever you took a photo, it would show like the equivalent photo that was taken in real life which was yeah. quite cool. 
yeah, definitely, as you say, more context and it hits home a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, it had mixer interactivity again, which is, uh, we seem to be on a roll for this at the minute. Yeah. Uh, but so we could have the audience helping us pick choices as we were playing. But unlike Planet of the Apes, the viewer's choice weighting was actually the same as ours. In this instance, there was a point at which we were being interrogated and we, we got trolled by the stream. We were supposed to save this chap's name, otherwise he'd keep uh, bullying us. And um, the chat kept saying, no, I'm not going to say his name. We couldn't override <laughs> that in any way. So it led to a uh, path where we had to restart that chapter. And, um, it seemed to play quite well. And it'll be interesting to see if they make any more mm. games like this, where it's kind of tying more history and learning aspects into, into point and click. So I think it worked well. Yeah, I, th- I was a bit apprehensive to begin with when I realised like what the game was actually about, but um, I think they did it really well. And people people in the chat seem to be like fairly interested in the subject matter of the game because it's not a very usual subject matter. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit heavy, isn't it? You've got yeah. the religious aspect, the political aspect, mm. and the violence, and yeah, I think it was done tastefully though. Oh, for sure. And it, the game was constantly like giving you choices about which side you thought was correct which was quite interesting like you had to pick a side between the people revolting and the you know the established government or whatever so that was quite an interesting aspect it wasn't biased either way really yeah it's quite interesting and in our hour we managed 10 achievements for 145 gamer score which is quite cool then up after that we played a game called defenders of ekron the definitive edition this is a modernization of an old arcade game um, but this is a shoot em up and it's also got some twin stick shooter levels and it had the original arcade game actually playable from within the game which is always amazing but this was kind of standard twin stick shoot or standard shoot em up again uh, you're scrolling vertically up a screen on some of the levels you've got either small minion enemies and then you'll face a final big boss and on the twin stick shooter levels you it was more puzzly i guess mm. it was it was kind of whole training thing which we went through for about half an hour 20 minutes and it was very different to the actual game it was telling you it was basically teaching you how to use all of the different like types of weapon which you had and all the different environmental things like bouncing bullets off walls and stuff and um locking onto enemies yeah as you say it was more like a puzzler which i don't, I don't know if it needed to be that long and I don't know if it prepared you that well for the actual game, but maybe we didn't get far enough in the game. Yeah, I, I guess maybe they'll intersperse more of those kind of puzzle aspects later on, but it seemed odd that it was teaching you all of these things, for example, bouncing shots off walls or using different abilities, and then they didn't come into play in any of the shooter yeah. levels at all. They yeah. only came into play on the twin stick shooter levels. Mm. They could have almost interspersed those mechanics throughout both, I think, and it would have made it more interesting. Yeah, it, it was good though. But my only gripe with this was the menu system. Yeah, it, it wasn't amazing, was it? Yeah, it was one of these games where it tried to make everything pretty. So the menu was like a scene, and then you moved the stick in some random direction towards a thing that didn't look like it was interactable, and it suddenly pop up a word saying like, "Oh, go to the hangar or upgrade your ship." And I'm one of these people that just prefers a list of menu items that I can pick from. Something easy to navigate, simple to use, I can understand. And it almost convoluted the menu in a way. It's a small thing because it's obviously a small part of the game, but it didn't seem to work well. 
No, I agree. But I thought that the actual game was fairly well done. The bosses yeah. were quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It was a kind of a mix between a twin stick and a shoot 'em up. Um, one thing I really liked about it in the um, shoot 'em up levels, you had AI partners at some points. Mm-hmm. So they'd help you in your fight against the boss. You could actually utilize them as if they had a shield up, they'd be blocking shots from the enemy. You could just hide behind them, not have to put your shield up, not waste your energy and shoot through them to still damage the enemy. So you could almost work with the AI together. And I guess it um, probably had co-op as well, although we didn't actually try that. No, it didn't. I didn't see an option for co-op, if I can okay. remember correctly. Um, okay, maybe I'm it, imagining things. Yeah, because there's a kind of... Um, there's a storyline with the people which you're like with, like your allies, and they're always having things to say to you as part of the story. So I don't know if you can play as one of them, but I could be wrong. But uh, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was better than some other shoot 'em ups I've played for sure. Which one would be your game of the week? Um, for me, I think it would be. I think Player Unknown is obviously the easy choice. Yeah. No, I think um, probably. Ooh. I think love the last one, Defenders of Ekron. For me, it's quite a lot. It's a 50-50 between Soul Eater, or Shikondo Soul Eater and 1979 Revolution. Oh, oh, right. So okay. we've got a, a yeah. total split then. Yeah, I think they were just um, surprising, pleasant surprises, I'd say. So, listeners, you have to make your own mind up this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next week, we are streaming on Tuesday, Dimension Drive. Which is a game I know nothing about. Sounds like another shoot 'em up. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Could be one. So we're kind of seeing what games Ollie likes here at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dimension Drive and then Planet Alpha. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, we've got Claws of. Is that Furry, Furry or Fairy? Claws of Fairy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Moonfall Ultimate. So come and check them out next week on Mixer. Uh, no site news this week. Don't know what these three have been doing. <laughs> oh, lots of stuff behind the scenes, making the site run smoother. Yeah. Standard. And, uh, regular news, again, it's not been a particularly busy week, I suppose. We're kind of approaching the AAA games launching and Gamescom's just been, so I suppose, a build-up over the next few weeks. Big story for us Achievement Hunters the past week. NBA 2K19 releases early next week. Last Friday, NBA 2K19, the prelude, released. The PlayStation once again got trophies, and on the Xbox One, we got nada. Mm. That's coming pretty standard, unfortunately, isn't it, for prelude? Yeah. We thought it was going to be a one-off last year, but followed suit. Yeah. I'm loving the, the conspiracy stories that Sony are paying them. To not include it in the Xbox One version. You think it is quite odd, though, isn't it? With They've gone to the effort of actually making up the names, making up the achievement descriptions. They've made images for them for the trophies. So they've done all the legwork, really. Yeah, the only difference between the Xbox and the PlayStation system is, is assigning gamer score to it and making the images 1080p instead for the achievement tiles. So the only thing could be is if uh, the prelude is down as a demo on the Xbox One rather than a proper game, but I'm not sure if that's the, the case. The one that had trophies was down as a demo as well. So 2K19, so. it's down as a game, mm. not a demo. So, yeah, it's just like they've yeah, it's just skipped not to over do. it. It's just a bit bizarre. Do you think there's some bad blood maybe between uh, between them and Microsoft? 
There must be some politics somewhere. Yeah, that's what I think. It's a bit odd, isn't it? But there you go. So that's two years on the trap. No easy game to score for us. But if you're a PlayStation uh, owner. 2K20 is going to have them. Maybe. We'll, we'll, could be we'll the get year. do it again next year. <laughs> this week we picked up on Wednesday. So I think we were probably the first to pick it up from the Xbox store. That Lego Harry Potter the Collection is releasing on the Xbox One in October. And it's also going to be enhanced with 4K graphics on the Xbox One X, which is pretty exciting if you are into Lego and Harry Potter. The actual listing of it was released in like a, an Argos book quite a while ago. There was a picture of it in there, but there was no word from Warner Brothers. And yesterday they actually released the first trailer for the Xbox One version. So you'll be able to pick that up on October the 30th. This is the first um, LEGO game that is Xbox One X enhanced in terms of a proper re-release, isn't it? Is it? I'm not sure. I think so. It seems like, I, I don't know, to me it seems like an odd, quite odd thing because mm. it's LEGO in it, so I can't see it being that spectacular looking, you know, to remaster it again from it, the 360 um, to the um, one. It, the thing for me is you obviously have back compat now and with back compat you can apply Xbox One X enhancements anyway. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's a- it, maybe it's they've already done the legwork for PlayStation which they obviously can't have back compat on or they yeah. don't have back compat. Uh, so they may as well just push that out and try and get a bit more money. Yeah, I don't think the, the price is like ridiculously bad though, is it? I think it's... It's like on the uh, Xbox One in the UK, it's down as twenty pounds. So yeah, that's two, that's really good for two down. two games because you would have been paying what thirty pounds a pop for those each. Yeah, like on the three sixty. Yeah, and for anybody that hasn't played them before, any kind of new Xbox user that does have an Xbox One X, it's or an Xbox One, and that's really good pickup for them. Yeah, good value. Mm. We're in September now, so just a reminder if you haven't done it already that there's uh, some new games with gold titles for you to pick up. So on the Xbox One, you can grab Prison Architect. Also, speaking of Lego, we got Lego Star Wars 3, The Clone Wars. More Lego then, stuff. <laughs> yeah, and Far Runner, if you haven't picked that up yet, that's still available till September the 15th, so you've got a week to grab that one. PUBG obviously came out of Xbox Game Preview. Was it this week or last week? This week, wasn't it? This week, yeah. Yeah, this week. And uh, there was a lot of speculation around if the achievements would be retroactively unlocked. I don't think it was really speculation because they said in their patch notes that they wouldn't retroactively unlock. Yeah, so people presuming they would. Then the patch notes came out, they said they wouldn't, and then they managed to do something where they could do some of them so if you're playing in game preview you once you sign in the first time i think it's nine achievements mm-hmm. will actually unlock for you but there's still quite a lot of the long-winded ones like 200 kills with like a shotgun or a smg yeah. and stuff like that you're still gonna have to do so so the ones number. that unlock it sounds like this is data they're tracking for like leaderboards and yeah a number of kills so got, and yeah number of kills win the game so many times jump out of a plane which is effectively start a game. Yeah. Yeah, so some of them there, but not all, which I suppose is unfortunate if you've been blasting through that. Although if you like the game, mm. then it's more reason to play. Uh, we got some D listings in August. 
I don't think anybody would be too upset about them. We've got uh, Disney Fantasia Music Evolved on the Xbox One and the 360. And then Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm Revolution, but only in North America. It's still available in Europe and Australia. And then Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures 2 was delisted in Europe, but still available in North America and Australia. And then we actually got some relistings, which... Again, I don't think anybody would be bothered about. We've got Rumble Roses, is it 20 or Double X, whatever way, I don't know. And SpongeBob Square Pants Underpants Slam. Wow. That sounds like a quality game. I want to play that immediately. <laughs> Two stars out of five. <laughs> um, word of warning, if you picked up Forza Horizon 2 recently on Games With Gold... The DLC and everything for that is going to be delisted on September the 30th. So make sure if you want to get that full completion, you pick that DLC up before then. And then the last thing this month, oh, sorry, this week, is the TA playlist for this month is live. So it's Red Dead Redemption. So if you haven't played that already, definitely pick that up. It's perfect, amazing game. Perfect time to play that as well with two coming out soon. Yeah, and that's another game that's back and pat and it's been enhanced on the xbox one x if you got one of them so probably worth checking out again if you still own it and then you can get involved with ta playlist but that is it for normal news no back and pat this week either mm-hmm. just a quiet week all around mm-hmm. tumbleweed uh we've got some questions though ollie yeah we have indeed i'll do question of the week first which is from tyler and he says with game pass being the netflix of games what would you think if Microsoft made one of their upcoming exclusive exclusive for Game Pass? Do you understand? <laughs> what, yes. what would you think if Microsoft made one of their upcoming exclusives exclusive for Game Pass? So a time, timed exclusive for Game Pass. Uh, so for yeah. the first month or two, yeah. it's only available via Game Pass and that's the only way to play it. That'd yeah. be interesting. It would. I think it would put a lot of people... Um, off in, if that makes sense I think there'd be yeah. a lot of controversy around it for sure I mean if it wasn't timed then there would be utter mm. outrage but I think yeah you're right there would still be people who weren't happy with a game releasing like that it's potentially an interesting idea though maybe rather than doing a timed calling it a timed exclusive maybe they could give people with Game Pass access to it a week early or something mm. like that. So it still releases for everybody else on a certain but date. Microsoft loves them at Ultimate Editions where they give that stuff away. So I can't see them doing it. It's just not making the most of the opportunities. It, yeah. Game Pass people get to play it for free and they pay in a subscription. And then people who don't can pay full price for it. Like, why would they mm. not take the full price money off people? It seems a bit of an, an odd thing to do. They must be making money somewhere from Game Pass. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if they think that more people will subscribe to Game Pass and because of because of it, then it arguably might be worth it in terms of money, but still, I doubt that would be, like, worth it. Yeah, because as you say, having people being able to buy the full price title and being able to play it on Game Pass is just going to be better for Microsoft either way. Interesting idea, but I don't think it's anything we'll ever see. I think we're more likely to see the play it a couple of days early which they already do with some Ultimate Editions. Like I think Forza Horizon 4, if you buy the Super Super Ultimate Edition, you can play it three days in advance, can't you? Yeah. So. Uh, the only other thing I can think of is if, do you know, Microsoft don't do it, but do you know, say like a Telltale-style game, 
maybe you could play oh, each episode chapters. as it came out, and then they release it fully mm. once it's all available. But I can't see it just for a normal game. It yeah, makes sense to me. Okay, next is from Dan Alexander. I really enjoy the UHH contest and always look forward to GTA ASC each year because they each have a long-term aspect to them that keeps me interested. Any future contest ideas, like an ongoing league? Imagine a Premier League style with promotion and relegation. <laughs> that would be quite interesting. I don't think the Americans would like <laughs> their sports don't have relegation and promotion and stuff, do they? Yeah. Well, you nah. could introduce it to them. It's not too complex of a concept. <laughs> but uh, I think... Yeah. I think it sounds like a good idea, but I don't know if there's anything planned or not. I think if you have suggestions like that, the best thing to do is uh, contact the community and events team and suggest the ideas. Like uh, the UHH came from a suggestion by Freem, who's now actually involved in the team. So suggestions like that, they look at them. And if there's a way that we can do it and it sounds fun, then we will do it. So yeah. definitely suggest it. Yeah, I think... Um having promotions and relegations and stuff might be quite a good idea, but it's um, obviously up to the team whether they think it's uh, viable or fun or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think the main thing definitely comes down to fun. Whereas if it gets too complex, sometimes it starts lacking that fun and it gets a bit too, too much planning involved and stuff like that in terms of actually playing games and unlocking it, at which point users tend to uh, stray away a bit. Yeah, I think um, you're right, though. The UHH is a really awesome idea. So it would be cool to have some kind of extra similar things with more more ideas like that, I guess. Next one is from Andrew. With DICE announcing they're giving away Battlefield 1 DLC for free leading up to Battlefield 5, do you think it's beneficial for devs to make older DLC free to get people into the series in the hopes of getting them to potentially buy their newer games? I think it's an interesting approach because if they've hit the point in the game where they're not selling the DLC and everyone that that's bought it or was going to buy it has bought it, then I suppose they're not really losing anything. And there is definitely the potential that they'll pull in people that have never played the game before and tempt them into buying the new one, mm. which is going to provide more profit and potentially benefit to them than them just buying a single DLC. Mm. Makes sense to me because there's probably like two stages to the DLC. You've got the people who buy the game day one mm -hmm. and they'll buy all the DLC when it comes out and love that kind of stuff. And then later on when they release it into EA Access, mm -hmm. you've got people who wait to play it till then and then some of them might you know, pick up some of the DLC then pay for it. But by now, like you say, everybody who wants to buy the DLC has got it. So... Mm. I think in case, just in terms of them, you know, being able to simplify matchmaking and stuff like that in the future, mm -hmm. it makes sense. Now it's in, been in EA Access for a little while, just let everybody have it for nothing and then everybody can play together. It's um, something they actually did with Titanfall 1, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah, they, I can't remember if this was just before the release of 2, but all of the DLC that was paid um, became available for free. And it was, yeah, I don't think the game. I don't. I think I, maybe they struggled with it or something. Because I remember I picked up, I had the disc version of Titanfall, and they, they did a sale one Christmas where it was Titanfall and all the DLC for like five pound or something. Yeah, the like that. edition. Hmm. 
Yeah, so I purchased that, and then I thought I got a bag in there. Then about two weeks later, they went, right, all the DLC is free for everybody now. That's the thing, though, isn't it? If you're going to make it free, you put it on sale first just to yeah, yeah. bring out those last few pennies. <laughs> yeah, but it's only free for a week as well. It's not like it's free forever, that, uh, okay. the DLC. They're giving away the premium pass for a week next week. Okay, um, is there any word on if you actually get the content during that week then are you going to have access to it from that point forward yeah you get all the benefits of premium so you get you know increased xp and all that kind of stuff you get access to the four dlcs but then when that week's over they are gone you won't have access to them anymore okay wait so you can only you can buy them forever during that period or you can only play them during that period sorry is that what you mean you get them for free, but you can only if it's like a week of access to the DLC. Then after that week's over, you don't have access anymore. Oh, okay. okay, interesting. But they've done it like it over the past few weeks in the lead up to Battlefield Five. They've done a week of pick up this DLC for free, where it's yours forever type thing. I think it's a concept which you see like in PC games um, more than than console games, and I think it's a good thing. Like for certain games I've played over the years with like online games especially they'll bring out an expansion which is paid um and then you know one or two years down the line when they're like however many expansions in like all the other expansions before the current one uh, just get made free i think it's i don't know it's it's something that should happen more often i think i know halo 5 was the last one was it halo 5 just went right there's going to be no paid dlc it's all free Titanfall 2 did the same, didn't it? All DLC was free. I wish everybody just did that to them. Yeah. It's too much money grabbing going on. That's my view. <laughs> okay. So the um, next one is from Jeff Gunn. And he says, what is your take on the Spider-Man downgrade? Very topical question. <laughs> well, I've just heard there's a load of stuff about puddles. But yeah, that's all I've seen. Okay, I've I've, not looked into it. I haven't really looked into the puddle aspect of it, but I did uh, see an interesting Digital Foundry video yesterday. But for anybody that isn't aware, it's um, so Spider-Man. Obviously, there's an amazing E3 trailer, and now the games actually came out. People are doing comparisons between the E3 trailer and the actual game to see if anything's changed, and to see if we've been duped and uh, been conned <laughs> out of our money. <laughs> Uh, but the Digital Foundry video I watched um, yesterday evening, it was focused on the Spider-Man suit, which was interesting. And the suit did look different from the E3 trailer. So the E3 trailer, it looked more shiny. It kind of had more specular lighting on it. It was more down to the material of the suit was seemingly changed between the E3 demo and the current game. So it was how the light was interacting with the material that was giving it a different look as opposed to the game actually being downgraded. So it did look a bit more simple because the colours were a bit brighter and stuff. But um, it wasn't really a downgrade from um, what I gathered in the video. But I don't know much about the puddles, so maybe you guys can fill me in on that. The puddles was basically that there was a level in the demo at e3 mm-hmm. and when they showed it it was i think it was like a, some kind of high-rise building that like under construction or something like that and there was a, like a specific spot where he was looking down he'd climbed up a bit looking down and there was a puddle that went like the whole way across the area 
And then when, I don't know how, somebody got the game early or something, took a screenshot of the same area, and the puddle's like in just one section rather than all the, all the way across. And people were losing their mind over the fact <laughs> that the puddle had gone. I don't know. It's a bit of an odd situation. It was a bit like, remember when GTA Five released and people were comparing the grass on the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 versions? It was just uh, seemed like an odd situation to me. It looks smaller, but I don't know. Is, is it going to affect the game? I don't, don't think it is. People love to nitpick about these things, don't they? About oh, People love to make issues out of nothing, I think. Game, gamers are uh, mm. some of the worst people for that. But. It's, it's part of being passionate about gaming, I guess. Yeah. You want everything to be as good as, as possible, but it can lead to... And the passion can be absurd sometimes. So. <laughs> Oh, there's always fanatical people. Yeah. I can understand it in the case of like Watch Dogs, where the E3 trailer and the actual game was miles different. Drastically different, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you're talking about his, his, uh, his suit isn't as shiny and the puddles aren't as big <laughs> mm. as, as a way of nitpicking. And, I game. mean, it's something that was four months out. I think they probably said that during the demo that like this is... yeah. This could change before release. They always tend to do that, don't they? Yeah. Um, it's and not like anything well. set in stone, and you've got to think the amount of different things. Like with a demo, they can. It's a small, potentially a small zone as well. It's not going to be the full game or anything like that. So they can probably pack a bit more into it and make it a little bit more polished. Yeah, but yeah, because they won't be using resources elsewhere. Mm, like, yeah. Plenty other bits going on in the world and, stuff and they, like they obviously want to make it look as fancy as possible but it <laughs> yeah. still looks pretty pretty much like it did so <laughs> even if there is some uh, vi- like loss of visuals somewhere it's not not great yeah i think yeah. Loss, i think the takeaway is that people just obsess <laughs> obsess too much over yeah. over this <laughs> stuff i think yeah passion's good but um it's passion for the wrong things. Yeah. Passion for passion for puddles is, is not a good passion. Uh, okay. Okay. Last question then. Sean says, do you think games can go too far in the sense of too much blood, gore, violence, etc., Or do you think people just like to cry about anything because they're snowflakes? <laughs> um, for instance, he says, he gives an example. He says, people being offended over the new doom. <laughs> Well, you, you've tickled Dave at least. Well done. If it suits the game, then it does. I mean, I don't get offended by it. Sometimes you think this is a bit yeah. over the top yeah. for what the game is or something. But I, don't, I don't know. Like if you if you're playing Call of Duty, in, I remember one of them where you'd shoot people and like the legs would fall off and stuff like that. Like it didn't seem over the top to me, but. I, there's certain games, Jack in Jack's answer, so I'll leave it. But there's certain games that do seem to do it just to make a headline, basically. I think with the Doom example that Sean's chucked out, um, Doom was always known as kind of super ultra violent way back in the day when yeah. the first one released. It was kind of at the edge of the extreme, and if they went too clean with the violence, there was like no blood or whatever, people would go, "Well, this isn't Doom." They've almost got yeah. to live up to that in a sense, but I think the, the violence is contextual to the game. It does suit the game. Mm. Whereas something like Agony, which released recently, 
that was just absurd. That was violence for the sake of violence, and it didn't really add anything to the gameplay at all. Yeah, it was just and shock it to make it. Yeah, exactly. It was going for overall shock factor. <laughs> that was just trying to be as graphic as possible, wasn't it? Like there was naked women in it. Like there was all kinds of weird. Yeah, just stuff. Weird stuff going on. That and it's didn't like they went. Add anything. We know to this the game's game. rubbish, but if we put loads of blood and naked women in the trailer. People will buy it. It was the old any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Well, it's probably proven right in this case. It, yeah, it worked in some case for them. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you're meant to be in hell, aren't you, for that game? It's meant to be you're literally in hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think you've got other games where, like uh, Dead Rising. Dead Rising has quite a bit of violence in it, quite a lot of blood. Mm hmm. Um, again, though, it suits the suits the nature of a game, and as long as the games are rated appropriately as well. So, Dead, Dead Rising is obviously an eighteen, Doom's an eighteen. It, it's kind of suitable and contextual for the audience too, I guess. For sure, and I think. Do you get bothered by the blood and gore? Do you ever think, "Whoa, that's a bit graphic"? Mm, not yeah. really. Make... So, as you say, if it if it suits the game, if I was playing like. Um, a Lego game, then suddenly, yeah. suddenly a load of blood started gushing out of somebody after their head fell off. I think, well, what's going on here? They should do that. They should actually make an eighteen-plus Lego game. That would one of the so well. I think. One of the red bricks turns on the blood code like the old Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think actually, I prefer having. This might be a bit controversial, but I think like having a bit of violence, a bit of gore, makes things more impactful depending on what kind of game you're playing, it's kind of like the feedback you get from having that is kind of quite satisfying in a a morbid way. Maybe I'm just... Stuff like like the blood and stuff doesn't bother me, but like we just mentioned on the podcast yesterday in the new Tomb Raider, the the demo we played, there was like a section where she's trapped underwater in like a cave and, you know, she's swimming up through tiny gaps and stuff like that. And things like that kind of more affect me, Mm. you know, like... Psychological aspect, is it? Yeah, she's kind of looking at it, trying to get out, and you can see her struggling and trying Mm. to catch her breath. Yeah, that That is genuinely horrible. Tomb Raiders are good. And even the... Good call, Was it Modern Warfare 2? The level where you played as, like... You played as the baddies and you walked through an airport, like doing a terrorist attack, just shooting people. Oh, it's the yeah. first level. Was, that wasn't particularly blood and gore or anything, but stuff like that, you know, makes you kind of think mm. rather than bits of blood done by. I was going to say the new um, Kojima game. I can't remember what it's called, but there's a bit we watched the trailer. Death Stranding. Yeah, and there's a bit where he pulls his toenail off. And oh, yeah. that made me like like cringe yeah. more than like I can watch someone getting decapitated and I'll be absolutely fine but like watching some guy pull his toenail off somehow is just far worse yeah. I, do, I do a game where somebody stands on a Lego brick or a plug or something it like that their feet oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no um, your call out to Tomb Raider actually it made me think of the start of I can't remember if it was for first reboot yeah it was first reboot and where you fall down initially and land on that metal. Oh, bar. yeah. And does it go through a leg or something? Yeah. Through like a side. That made yeah. me cringe. But again, I think that was probably the most kind of gore and violence in that. Yeah. But it's not really the blood, is it? It's just thinking about where it is. And <laughs> but it, even then, it doesn't really make you want to like complain to the devs about, oh, you should, you should change <laughs> this. You know? No, I think in, in that aspect, it humanized them. Yeah, in a sense, but 
it was all in kind of context of a game made sense for it to happen mm. makes you care about the characters more yeah exactly yeah well that's some good answers to that one I think I think that's it for questions as well so we move yeah. on to new achievement lists yep so big one this week was obviously player unknown battlegrounds which is 37 achievements for for 1000 uh, we had video kid game that i was chatting about earlier that's 10 achievements um nhl 19 and nba 2k 19 both had lists it with 48 and 50 achievements respectively got naruto to baruto shinobi striker 48 achievements uh, twin robots ultimate edition with 19 achievements Planet Alpha with 16, V-Rally 4 with 49, ACA Neo Geo Ninja Commando with 12, Arcade Islands Volume 1 with 49, um, the big one, Force Horizon 4, which we did a reveal for, uh, 55 achievements. They're now officially uh, on the MS systems. And we had NASCAR Heat 3 with 61. Um, Siggy Fart for Melusina <laughs> 17 <laughs> achievements. <laughs> Not too sure what that is. Yeah, I've got a look at that now. Uh, looking at the screenshots, it looks like a, a bit of a spiritual successor to Ghosts and Goblins. <laughs> remember that, the little platformer? <laughs> Was it Ghosts and Goblins? I can't remember. Has it got anything to do with farting at all? Or what? So it's got some screenshots. It it looks like a, a platformer, like a Mario esque kind of thing. Okay. Like sixteen bit kind of pixelated images. Don't know. Interesting name though. Yeah, great name. Okay, then we had um Final Fantasy fifteen Pocket Edition H D is now released on the Xbox One. So if you're waiting for that one, it was available on Windows ten back in June. But this is a separate list. It's got ninety five achievements. Does got, it not seem like a, a weird release? Like you could don't play the proper version on your console. Play the pocket downgraded version. pocket yeah. version that we made for phones on your console. Again, I think it's uh, we've built it for Windows 10, and we can run it on an Xbox. <laughs> yeah. Let's just push it out. It. People are bound to buy it. <laughs> um, then we've got Immortal Unchained with 31 achievements. Revenant Dogma with 30. Wenjia with 13. Out of the Box Xbox Edition with 27. Um, and then we had a load of ACA Neo Geo games hit for Windows 10 again. Uh, we had one, two, three, four, five of those hit. So have a look at those if you're interested. And a couple of DLCs as well. We've got the title update 10, patch number four in Gems of War with five achievements for 200 gamer score. Pinball FX3 got for Star Wars Pinball Solo Pack with three achievements for 15 gamer score. Prison Architect Xbox One Edition, which is currently on Games of Gold. We've got the Escape Mode update with 13 achievements for 400 gamer score. And Jurassic World Evolution got update 1.4, which added three achievements for 85 gamer score. So is is that Star Wars Pinball Ball Solo Pack? Is that Han Solo? Yeah, it's to do with a new film, I think, for Solo Film. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. Right, let's have a look at what is coming our way over the next week. So we've got a lot today. We've got Dead Age, Kingsguard TD, NBA Live 19, Shalnor Legends Sacred Lands, uh, NASCAR Heat 3, Immortal Unchanged, Siggy Gifat <laughs> Melsina, <laughs> um, Final Fantasy Pocket Edition comes out today. 
Amnesia Collection and Out of the Box. Next Tuesday, Revenant Dogma, NBA 2K19, I suppose is probably the big release for that week. Uh, Super Street the Game, which uh, look pretty good at Gamescom if you like racing games. Uh, Wednesday, we've got the pinball Star Wars thing coming out. Uh, Adios Amigos, Revenant Dogma in the US. Construction Simulator 2, might have to check that one out. Do you get to play in JCBs and stuff? I think so. Diggers. Yeah, I'm going to play that one. Um, Time Carnage. And then next Thursday, we have the update 1.4 for Jurassic World Evolution, Neon Wall, and then some ACA Neo Geo game that nobody will care about. I wonder how many more ACA Neo Geo games are on the cards. It's getting a bit ridiculous. How many are there there already? Like over a thousand, must be, surely. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. But it, when did they stop making games? Like at what point? Because they, they're still releasing games up to like so, something, something fighter two thousand and stuff at the minute, aren't they? So mm-hmm. they've got to run out eventually. Well, how do they, what's the process for making an ACA Neo Geo game? Like, are they do they just have them all stored up? You take an already old game and, and then put it through some emulator they've written. Yeah, and it's done. Okay, I see. Yeah. And then you release it on Windows Ten. Six months later, <laughs> <laughs> but people love it for gamer scores. So yeah, they do. They're on to a little bit of a winner, aren't they? Mm. And you <laughs> yeah. have the same list as well, so you don't even have to put any effort into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not great games. I don't think I've played any that I've liked. No, I think um, if I see one with a title that I recognise and I remember playing it as a kid, I might pick it up. But apart from that, they don't really interest me. Um, are they always the same price? Yeah, I think they're like £8 or something like that there. Mm-hmm. They did do a sale recently, though, which is the first time I've ever done that. But I think people are holding out for a bundle. Mm. Yeah, but if they bundled all of them together, it's still going to be like a, a £400 to take out a purchase or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that is it for this week. Tyler, I shall get in touch with you on Twitter and give you the least list of games for Question of the Week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We shall be back next Friday with more news and game talk and all that kind of good stuff. Bye. See you later.